Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, and thanks for joining us on Real Presence Live. I'm your host, Teresa Curley, and we're broadcasting today from the Fireside Room and um, Holy Spirit Catholic Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, It's a beautiful day, and we have a great show lined up. So the first hour, I'm going to be speaking with Eric Gallagher, and we're going to be just diving into ministry and evangelization. And the second hour, we're going to have some live live guests coming from uh, the live guests as opposed to the alternative um, coming from the Bishop's Cup in Sioux Falls which is a fundraiser for the Broomtree Retreat Center but first let's start as we start all good things um, with prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen come Lord Jesus dear Jesus thank you for today thank you for bringing us together Thank you for the gift of your mother. Thank you for the gift of making her our mother too, and also our queen. Dear Lord, help us to imitate Mary's virtues. Help us to follow you with the joyful yes that she did. Dear Jesus, be with us today. Be in our hearts, be on our minds, and be on our lips. Dear Lord, help us to praise you in all things. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, here in studio, I have Eric Gallagher. Thanks so much for joining us, Thanks Eric. Thanks for having me. This is great. Oh, we've been wanting to get you on for a while, so thank you for your yes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Eric, to start us off, could you just tell us who Eric is? Yeah. So I I was I grew up really in South Dakota. Um, I've been in Sioux Falls Diocese uh, most of my life. I grew up in Sisseton up in the Northeast, so small town, 2,000-ish people when I was there. Um I'm married. I have four children. Uh, we live here in Sioux Falls. We go to St. Lambert Parish. And I've been involved in ministry really, um, I, it was through a youth event when I was a high schooler where I had kind of my big conversion to the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and God really pulled me out of a messy, messy life uh, when I was about 16. And I really since then have given every day to try to follow him and go... I found something that day, and I have, it, I, I usually call it like a well that I drink from, and I've just spent every day since really trying to follow that. That led me to, um, I went to college to get a music degree, and, <laughs> and I, I got it, but I, I always just had this itch on my heart to do ministry. And so while I was in Aberdeen, um, I started doing youth ministry at the parish and worked full-time there for several years. In 2010, I... Uh, started working for the diocese as kind of the youth guy, um, and then with Bishop DeGrude, it switched a little bit to just more direct, helping people kind of respond to what the Lord is doing in their life. And then just recently, just about a month ago, moving on to go and start my own kind of business and side ministry stuff as well. So, oh, that's awesome! It's very, it's a transitional, exciting yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, like such a journey. Yeah. 
So like over the years, has your main focus for ministry been youth or has it kind of evolved? Yeah, it's interesting because I did uh, youth ministry in Aberdeen when I got to the diocese, kind of the main kind of project that I focused on. I did youth conferences and camps and things like that. And that all that kind of work was fun and fairly easy for me to do. But the thing that really started to kind of change my heart was working with the young adults through Mm -hmm. the missionary program. And so as I started walking with them and learning how to help them grow in their faith, because a lot of the, the youth events that are done in the church are kind of like standard things that anyone goes to, and right. and you don't know, really know where they're at. When I started doing this missionary program, you'd get these applications from individuals who just God was doing something in their life, and I my job was to help them like <laughs> follow that. And so I, yeah. you would see the fire in their eyes, and I saw this with high schoolers a lot. You take them to a big conference or something or a camp, and that was really the science of the work was to get them there, to build a relationship with them, introduce them to Jesus, mm-hmm. and then that fire would light in their eyes and they'd walk with them. But college students had just a different capacity, um, especially just with their current life. They're on their own. They're they're figuring these things out on their own, and they don't have kind of the this the barriers in their hearts or in their minds, at least of like home life and school and like right. they could do anything. And yeah. so they're discerning wise, they're a little bit more open. Um, and yeah, so I, I worked with young adults quite a bit. That's where my love and passion kind of fell while I was there. Um, but I've done kind of it all. Um, and yeah, just, again, I think it's, it's not really an age thing as much as it is. My real passion is when I can see that fire in someone's eyes, I want them to like, I want to help them go. Mm. And there are other people who have a passion for the the youth who don't want to be there, the tough ones. Yeah. And I just, I can't do it. So <laughs> I like, I, I'll try, I'll do my best. And I got all kinds of tools and strategies that I've taught yeah. people to use for years. But for me, it's just so like defeating mm. and other people like, find great joy and energy from it so i've really learned my my gift is really in fostering like discipleship in someone and when they've decided to drop their nets or really considering dropping their nets to help them say yes Mm. that's beautiful well eric one of the reasons why we wanted to get you on is kind of um discipleship is a buzzword in the church right now and you know we talk about the new evangelization we talk about the importance of discipleship but practically speaking, like how does the ordinary person go about that and what does it mean? And um, just like with all your experience of working with this and your passion for it, uh, we just want to draw from your well. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> to share. I think it's, if people don't want to invest the kind of the mental energy and tr- to trying to understand it, it, it can get complicated because... Like, a lot of my work has been in helping parishes, I say, like, cultivate an atmosphere of discipleship, which Mm. is, like, when someone desires to grow deeper in their faith, are you receiving that and helping them? Um, And most of our programs and such just aren't really set up from the ground to be able to do that. It's just a program that has good stuff that helps people learn good things and challenges them to do better things. And um, pretty much everything has that kind of setup. But do we, like, meet a person where they're at and, like, specifically, like, intentionally help them pursue Jesus in the way that they're called Mm -hmm. to pursue Jesus? And especially with our youth, there's just, 
rarely do I see things anywhere across the country or any anywhere that's really doing that well. Mm-hmm. There's many good attempts, and I think things like Why Disciple, that was one of, its, one of its original intentions, was to take a group of kids who were in that space and to help them. Um, but the thing is, is people would say, well, isn't isn't being involved in your parish discipleship? And my response is like, it can be. Mm-hmm. It's just not the same thing. Like, we're not talking about the exact same thing. Involvement in the church does not necessarily equate discipleship. Because hmm. you can go to programs, you could, you could say a rosary every day without any real intention and just kind of like passively, like yeah. not really trying to engage in prayer. And that's, it, it could be a good thing, like mm-hmm. it, it might even be helpful. But is it like, it's it'd be similar to me going on a date with my wife and her talking to me and me just kind of passively engaged in the work of a date with my wife (laughs) but engage in it and and be in a relationship and learn to receive and reciprocate like love in the midst of that that's when we learn to do that with our lords that's when it becomes discipleship and that's the real question is you could have a small group in your parish that's totally pursuing the lord and you're experiencing the fruit and the life and the growth because of that through that small group you could also have a group that your parish that you're involved in that just gossips and or just kind of again passively goes through some resource Mm -hmm. and it's not really making any real impact so i think it's yeah it's the the challenge is do we recognize our faith as relational Mm. um and are we willing to engage sacrificially Mm. and reciprocate the love and the sacrifice that the lord has given us um and as we're doing that and that just looks different for everyone so discipleship doesn't have to be a one-on-one relationship with someone. It doesn't have to be a small group. Um, it, it can be any kind of thing, but it's not necessarily um, th- just that model. Like the model that someone's using, it doesn't equate discipleship necessarily. Mm-hmm. So it kind of it depends. I think we've just lost that focus of God loves us. He calls us to love him. And there's a felt reality in that or an experienced reality of that. Um, but it also would, it can cause people to quickly judge situations of like, well, they just show up like to this small group every week and they don't, well, you don't really know what's on their heart until you get to know them, why they're there and what the Lord's doing. Like, you don't really know if it is discipleship or not. (laughs) So I don't know. It's, it's a complex thing. And I think, yeah, in the church, you have a lot of people who are trying to do a lot of great things, but if it's not with that goal in mind of helping people be drawn into a deeper relationship with the Lord, as mm-hmm. opposed to just involvement in the church. And I say that respectively to things in the church, but yeah. um, they're just they're not the exact same thing. Well, something that I've been kind of pondering, like particularly with my friendships with non-Catholics or people who have fallen away from the faith, is like it, I feel like it can be very easy to just get involved in your own discipleship groups and your own activities within the church and it can turn into like a form of navel gazing Mm -hmm. where you're not actually reaching out but you also need that community and support of um, people with strong faith so like what is the balance in that like what's the difference um yeah i think people are trying to be good catholics (laughs) and so i I joke sometimes and say, well, Catholics go to Mass on Sundays. Good Catholics, like, volunteer to teach CCD or religious ed <laughs> on, on a Wednesday night as well. And and they're, they're just trying to do it really good. Mm-hmm. And and I think when you – the thing that changes is when 
the Lord really enters in and you open and you become aware of what he's doing through those things, um, that's when you meet a really, like, holy religious education teacher, someone who's actually, like, receiving the love of the Lord through their involvement as a religious education teacher with eighth grade boys who are the most like inhumane people (laughs) (laughs) and they're, but there, there can be adults who are just so called to be there. And when they have entered in and they're doing it through a relationship with the Lord, Mm. things change. And so I think the, yeah, the key is, is that humility of, um, I think it's very Marian, I guess, like anytime you could point to, what you're doing or how you're involved or the role you have in the church or things like that. If you're immediately pointing to and giving thanks to the Lord and crediting God for all the good things, that's when you know it. And that's the real test if it's, if it's authentic or not. Um, is this a response to the love that God is pouring out in you and you're simply like living as a disciple and, and evangelizing through that? Um, or, are you just trying to be a really good person and do all the right things and make everyone happy? And like, which often is just a response to our own insecurities as Mm. opposed to like the response to the love of God. Yeah, for sure. And I feel also like we can easily look at what other people are doing, like where they're gifted and talented and think, Oh, that's how I need to serve the Lord. That's how I need to love the Lord. Like you gave the example about uh, the kids who just, don't aren't into their faith at all you know um it's your gift is more of helping feed the fire of people who already have it um and like for me i remember like earlier this year i was just like really kind of scattered because i wanted to do everything and i ended up just kind of crushing and doing nothing (laughs) just Mm -hmm. because it's so much overwhelm so it's like really um important to see like where god is leading it and it's through relationship with him and the Lord plants those things in your hearts. Like you can mm. find yourself in those situations, and if you're if you're not paying att- if you're paying attention, it becomes very clear of like I need to do something differently. Mm. And we were made for that relationship with God, and He's calling us at all times to be with Him. Um, and we just ha- simply have to raise our hearts and, and try to become more aware of it, and ask for the grace to become more aware of it. Yeah. Well, we're already up on our first break. Um, But after the break, I'm really intrigued by an article I wrote, um, Stop Trying So Hard to Evangelize, which is an interesting title when you're talking about evangelization. (laughs) It's like, why are we even talking about it if we're not supposed to try hard? (laughs) So stay with us over the break, and we'll um, be diving back into evangelization. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, 
We want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I'm your host, Teresa Curley, broadcasting from the Fireside Room of Holy Spirit Church in Sioux Falls. And before the break, I was chatting with Eric Gallagher, and we were talking about all things ministry, evangelization, and discipleship. And right before, um, I mentioned that you had sent me an article, Stop Trying So Hard to Evangelize, and it's kind of like an eye-opener, but like, wait, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? And then I read it, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I needed to sit with this. Um, could you just kind of expound on what you said in that article? Yeah, I think one of the first things... So we have this desire for people to know the Lord, mm-hmm. and at least if we've been affected, and I mean, just like any relationship that we have, that's very that's genuine and generous. Um, we desire it to be shared, and that happens when we experience the Lord. We just look around and we want everyone, and we actually can get like frustrated and upset <laughs> because other people don't see it or don't get it, and mm-hmm. so we could go on these attempts to like go and tell people about all of it, and then we realize that. It just makes things worse sometimes. <laughs> and there's there's so many things that happen in your heart when you're like, Lord, like I I love you and I want like I want everyone to have you, but you're making it so hard. Mm-hmm. And for me there's several several things that happened, several key points in my own life where I I guess I went on that even when I started at the diocese, like I was there to change the world. Like mm-hmm. I was I knew that I was hired with I had specific goals of what ministry could look like and I was going to go and help the rest of the diocese do these things and he just hit wall after wall after wall and eventually you just hit this point to say Lord what are you asking me to do and ultimately he's calling you to surrender and to like let him do it mm-hmm. and so a common analogy like I always I always think of the work of evangelization as the Lord's work um, and I, I, I usually compare it to like me when I have, I have four little children and especially like four years ago, they were even littler. <laughs> and every time I would go to the grocery store, like I'm a total introvert. So I like going to the grocery store just to like get out. Like my mm-hmm. house is just chaos. And so I want to get out and just have a little breather. And every time my wife would kind of say like, well, what, you gonna, which kids are you going to take with you? 
And from a practical sense, I was like, why would I want to take the kids with me? Like, they don't know what we're getting. They just make it harder. Like, this is, it's the biggest pain in the butt. Yeah. And they, there was a moment, though, where I was at the grocery store and I saw this mom with her baby and they were putting this, like, it was like a thing that didn't even need to be weighed in the little fruit scale thing to be weighed. And she was just so happy. Mm-hmm. And it, I just realized in that moment, like, this is, like, she's a mother. Like, this is her, like, receiving her motherhood in this moment. Mm-hmm. And so when I get to spend these, this time with my kids doing the work that's important for us as our family, for for the household, like, it's good that they're with me. Mm-hmm. And it's it's why, why, why we exist. It's what my relationship with them. Um, and so they don't really add any real value <laughs> to the thing, except that it gives me, it makes me more of who I am mm. because it gives me my fatherhood. It gives them their sonship or their daughtership. Like they, they become more of who they are when they're mm. in that relationship. But from a practical sense, like they're just literally my daughter was handed a grocery bag by one of the people one time and it had a jar of pickles in it and she drops it and the pickle juice is just pouring <laughs> all over the grocery store. And you just think, like, why? <laughs> why do I bring? Why would I bring them with me? This is so frustrating. And I just think God has that same plan for us. Like, we get so caught up in in the work, um, and it's really it's important work. My kids need to eat, <laughs> right? But to evangelize is really important. But ultimately, like, if we lose the fact, and this is a Mary Martha example, mm-hmm. of course, like. If we lose the fact that Jesus and our relationship with him and sitting at his feet isn't the most important part of it, then we've lost the whole thing. Mm. And so I think when I use this, and that article that I wrote was really just from this realization of like, I've tried really hard to do a lot of things. And I see like actually people simply falling in love with Jesus and then living their life is enough. And that's, so it's, it's allowed me to kind of enter and say, really the only thing I need to do is fall in love with Jesus. And as I've like helped young missionaries in our diocese for so many years, that's been the vision is the programs that we do are like, okay, right there. I'm not a VBS program expert. I don't really know how to run or coordinate a VBS program, but the real effective reality of our Lumen Christi and Totus Tuus programs have been, I help young adults fall in love with Jesus and we just send them out to live around the diocese. (laughs) And you get to see an active, like, relationship with these missionaries. And that changes things. And people might not be able to name it, but they could say, like, there's something different. We really enjoy being around these missionaries. And that's evangelization. Even if they're college students that really aren't great at working with third graders (laughs) or fourth graders, they don't possess all these gifts. You can definitely like fine tune and grow in your gifts and learn how to evangelize better. Mm-hmm. But the the most important reality is to recognize that it's God's work that He's invited us into, and when He's ready to go do the work, like let's put on our shoes and get out the door with Him. Like, and my kids still do this to this day. <laughs> the second they see me kind of putting my shoes on and getting out to go do something, they have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> They, where are you going? They don't, I don't even have to answer. They're getting their shoes on and they want to come with me. And that's such a gift to be able mm-hmm. to be in that relationship with them. And it's a continual reminder to me of like, God, yes, I'm just here putting on my shoes for the day and I'm going to help you do what I'm called to do. And I receive so much when I do it from that disposition of receiving from the Lord, things change around me. Mm-hmm. And so there is this, the, the title of the article, Stop Trying So Hard, is if if you really are, if it's if it's becoming like, burdensome then you're doing something wrong 
um, because like again like in the grocery store example like if you need if you're confused as to where something is just ask <laughs> right someone can help you right. and so there's always there's a way and that's it, there's a difference between like it being simple difficult things can be hard and challenging we could be called to do difficult things we might have to take steps in faith but i think people misunderstand like steps in faith are still like moved by the grace of god mm. and you do it in faith so there's actually like this confidence that you have if and that could be scary but it's not it shouldn't be like burdensome mm. we're doing it wrong if it's becoming burdensome All right because then it's not coming from the lord yes it's no joy yes um so one thing that struck me while you were talking was the idea of, you know, taking college students and putting them just to live in different places around the diocese. Um, but the thing is, like, we have so many programs, um, like, in the diocese, but then also, like, the colleges and things on how to evangelize, ministry, um, a lot of degrees in theology and things like that. And so for the person who feels like, oh, I'm unprepared, I'm not qualified to do that, like, what, what, what would you say to that? Because obviously there's benefit in those programs, but is it necessary? Yeah, I think people think that I'm, like, our missionaries think I'm crazy. Like, <laughs> we had this kind of, like, appreciation gathering when I left the diocese, and that was... Like, they show this video of things that people are saying, and they're like, Eric, like, we just, you just weren't afraid to try things. And it's it's just interesting because it's like, well, I, I know that, I know that we're not qualified <laughs> to do some of this stuff. Like, I, I worked with college students. Like, one of my primary roles of the diocese, like, the goals that I had was, like, I want to remain in good relationship with parishes and priests. Yeah. Yeah. Why would I ever send college students to go help maintain <laughs> and grow that relationship right. when they don't know how to clean up after themselves? <laughs> like, they, they just, they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. And so there, there are risks, and I think that's where, if, if, we enter, if we really look at scriptures, we learn very quickly how like unqualified mm. and how how unqualified people even felt about some of the things but that's the beauty of how god works is he he calls us on and we take the step of faith like not sure like, exactly like why or how um and i actually think that that's a sign of of god's work is when we start like having having to take those steps in faith and doing things that call us outside of ourselves um because it it flows then from an act of humility as opposed to like pride or like, yes, I can, I'm happy to, I will mm -hmm. do this. Um, so I think, I think the study and the science and things like are good. Um, but I can, I can attest like when I started working at the diocese, I didn't have any formal Catholic education. I didn't go on and I got my master's in theology, but the real experience is the thing that like has this value that extends beyond that. Mm -hmm. So I, th I think having a theology degree and all these different like trainings and stuff is really good and helpful. Um, but again, if you're lacking the real punch, like the real like flavor and recipe for evangelization, which is a, a deep encounter with the love of Jesus on a daily basis, um, good luck. Like you just you, because things like these programs can exist and they can be good. Mm. Um, and people will go to them, and right. uh, and I see I see that in a lot of places. And God will still use those things, but it, it really has a great poverty if it's not firstly focused on this work of evangelization, a deep reality of Jesus's love entering mm -hmm. in. 
and I think that's where that's the sad poverty in a lot of our programming is we, we're doing a lot of good things. Right. There's a lot of people putting a lot of time, and I think good good studies, good education on what is actually evangelization, <laughs> like mm. what's evangelization, what's catechesis, what's discipleship. That's what's been most helpful to me is actually I, I experienced it first and then I learned about it. And some people learn about it and have the experience through their learning. Yeah. For me, it was beautiful to like affirm that so much of the church's teachings, like, like all, it's hard to find church teachings that don't affirm. It actually has me question, like, why are we doing some of the things that we are doing? Because <laughs> when you read what the church is actually teaching, like, it's a, it seems to be like a, a great disparity between those things. Mm-hmm. And so I just get really excited that the church has been asking us to do this from the very beginning. Um, and the language she uses is very beautiful to help guide us in that. But if we relate it to like our agenda and our programs that we want to succeed versus like the agenda of the work of God in our life, it's they're they're not necessarily different things, but they can be very different things. And I think it kind of goes back to what you're saying about the humility of recognizing it's not what we do, but it's the relationship of Christ within us, and it's all Him. Yeah, and it's weird because people, especially people can get so tainted working in the churches, they think it has to be, you have to go to my programs to be holy, or okay. you have to, like, if you're not involved in these certain things, but there's so many different ways to grow in holiness, yeah. and and us being free to receive that, actually, I've learned that in my own life, like, to be free to allow people to, to know that if people don't go to my events that I'm holding, mm. they can still be holy, like, <laughs> there's a freedom, and like, well, I'm just going to serve the ones who are here then, right. um, for whatever reason, because God has called them to me. Mm. All right. Well, we're right on our second break. So um, stay tuned and we'll be back with more Real Presence Live after this. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. In this world of suffering and pain, we've all experienced loss, especially the death of someone we love, and it's never harder than it is with suicide. In our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and for You, we want to be able to help you. We know that the pain and suffering is great, but we also know that we, we can get through it. So please visit suicideandhope.com to learn more. Thank you. God made you for a purpose. He made you to accomplish some great work. What did he make you for? What were you really made to do? Realize your vocation with a degree designed for the Catholic professional. The University of Mary offers online undergraduate and graduate degrees steeped in the Catholic intellectual tradition. Start today in business, nursing, bioethics, education, counseling, applied theology, and more at catholicprofessional.life. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. In addition to eye exams for children and adults, Lumen Vision provides custom contact lens services for patients with keratoconus, severe dry eyes, and hard-to-fit prescriptions. These specialty contact lenses can be made for single vision, astigmatism, and multifocal prescriptions. For more information about Lumen Vision's contact lens services, our website is www.lumen.vision. 
The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley, and we're broadcasting from Holy Spirit Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. If you've missed any of this morning's interviews, you can find our podcast at realpresenceradio.com or on our app. And this morning, we've been chatting with Eric Gallagher and talking about evangelization. And we'd just like to continue that conversation into the second half hour. Um, Okay, so Eric, we know what the culture is like in a lot of negative ways. Like that's pressing all around us. But is there a glimmer of hope in that? Like, do you see any ways that the present culture is suited actually really well for evangelizing? Yeah, I think one of the one of the first things that comes to my mind is like the scrolling. So I, I think of social media and kind of the I don't I don't know if damage is the right word, but the influence it's had on us. Like we can like and unlike anything we want. We get to pick and choose, um, and we can we can become very like bored just scrolling and looking for something. Like right. the way when they developed the like the endless feeds on Facebook and everyone kind of changes it. Like there, there used to be a stopping point on Facebook mm. where it'd say like, wow. you've, you've seen everything. I didn't even know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and now you could go on forever and, and you just, you can find yourself sitting there sometimes just saying like, what is it that I'm actually looking for? Mm. And I think all of these things spiritually, again, God is always at work and trying to help us like to draw us to himself. And it's just kind of, our senses need to be raised and I think when you end up kind of isolated and you're by yourself and you're quiet, like God pulls you out of that. And even even with some of the dynamics of discernment, like God will actually like kind of bites and like call like He calls you like in in, in profound ways that like help you see that you're missing something. So I do think there's a reality, like especially social media, where we see that. Um, and I think I've done some work and study on like the generational realities, and I think the challenge, one of the challenges, is people can have everything very easily, mm-hmm. and so Generation Z actually really they they don't they want everything, and they don't want to have to sacrifice for any one thing. Yeah. Um, so that's a great challenge. But the other thing is, is everything remains so shallow, and so again, it can stir up this desire for something more. And so at the same time, Generation Z, they are, they're saying like, we're, we're tired of people treating us like we, we only want like the bare, the bare minimum or the surface level stuff. So when you begin to have real intentional conversations with people, I've, I've, in my experience, I've seen them so more quickly drawn to follow. And that's really within discipleship, like even the history of the culture of discipleship with the Jews and the rabbis and their, in their communities, like, 
they possessed something greater than anything else. And that was like kind of the goal was to become a disciple of a rabbi. (laughs) And I think if we can start to draw that out in our culture of there's something really profound that you're missing in your life. Um, because we're wired in our culture to so quickly like download the free trial, like everything is like, oh, this is good, it's going to help me, this is good, it's going to help me. Mm-hmm. We've been looking and looking and looking. Um, it makes it harder because it's harder to sell something because they're sold stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can do that in a powerful way through relationship, and this is actually why I think the church is moving more towards relational dynamics because they realize bulletin announcements and the fact that like father says we need to do this doesn't work anymore um, or it's working less and less and so the relational dynamic has to kick in and what i have found is the biggest influence so far is and this is why the missionary work is becoming so popular they build relationships first Mm. and then they evangelize through those relationships and it's actually really simple and fairly easy (laughs) um and that's an advantage that that the church is starting to find very quickly. So I, I do think there, it's back and forth, but I do think it's still, I'm not saying it's, it's getting easier as a result. It's definitely more challenging. But I do know one of the greatest shifts is people desire connectedness and relationship. And when you do that, it makes it, the sales channel opens up for the work <laughs> of evangelization. And they are so much more open to receiving. Okay. Well, I guess kind of... My question here, so I did some missionary work a couple of years back, and a lot of it was building relationships with people on the streets, and we wouldn't lead with, oh, Jesus is merciful, but that was our goal, is to hopefully provide an experience where they encounter Jesus' mercy. Uh, but sometimes I felt like a fake, in the sense of, since I had the agenda of eventually leading them to Christ, which I guess should be the ultimate agenda, But it felt a little bit artificial sometimes because I was trying to build this relationship, but there was a reason. So, like, what would you say to that? Like, would that be an authentic relationship to have a reason? I I don't. Yeah, I I think again, if you if you are focusing it entirely on Jesus and not the work necessarily, I think the key, because especially people who work with homeless um, and in more impoverished areas, like they learn very quickly how much Jesus is in those people. Mm. And so that's kind of the, that's where the thing has to switch is like, again, if we, um, well, there's a Francis de Sales quote where he says, um, it's, you can hold the father's hand with one hand and collect berries with the other. Mm. Don't ever let go of the father's hands so that you can go and collect more berries. And I think that's, that's like, you're always looking for Jesus. And so when you're with someone where the real like moment happens is when they like start to see God working in you through your relationship with them. Mm. Um, and that that's, I've met with hundreds of people in my office, like just talking about their faith and their struggles and whatever. And, and there, I can just tell like, so I'm, I'm moved so many times by what the Lord is doing in them that I think that's actually the thing that really impacts them is like the Lord is real and he's present and mm. there's, there isn't an agenda here. Like we can, we can get into the science of it, of how it works. Mm. Um, but we can also get too into the science of how it works and, and take it on too much ourselves. Um, and that's, that's where we can really begin to struggle. And, and the Lord is, I think, quick with most people to kind of 
point that out. <laughs> um, because we realize again, like, well, I'm trying to do this, Lord, but you're not, it's not working. We'll do it. You got to do it differently. And, and it's not a method change or anything like that. It's, it's a spiritual, like a disposition change. That's usually most necessary. At least in my experience, that's been the, the ongoing growth and humility that's needed for like the Lord to, to form me. That was the word that was coming up in my mind as you were speaking. Like, oh, it goes back to humility, like you were referring to before. So like, yeah. oh. And if we can, if we can evangelize again, because God wants to show us something, right? I want to be, I want to be with the Father and His work, and I'm going to learn to be like the Father. Mm-hmm. And as and as as long as I can remember that I'm a child, and He's the one who's gonna like. He's, he's doing it, and I, I'm here to like receive from him and learn from him. Then we just get to kind of enjoy and come along for the ride and continue to receive and be formed. And we have to trust that God, that the work will be done through that. Mm. Even if it feels like we could do it differently or better or faster or whatever. Right. Um, that's where my tendency is, like, I just think so often, God, you're too slow. <laughs> <laughs> But he's just exactly what he needs to be, and that's so hard for me some days. And mm-hmm. so he's given me a really big heart to want to do really big things really fast. Um, but I can quickly lose lose him as I try to do that. And has your kind of like concept of discipleship and ministry, has that evolved at all since you first set out? Yeah, I think for me, I, I did go into like... I read a lot of books. I learned a lot of things of how to do things um, in the church and in my own life. Um, I think the the biggest shift has been that what we've been talking about is just the humility of like, no, just just love love Jesus and go and be present to what He calls you to. Um, there's a, there's a lot of good strategies and like I learned a lot about. There's people who are doing things in the church. There's a spirit in the church that responds to the culture mm-hmm. and and what's going on in the world and. That's why things like focus are thriving and why a lot of people are modeling what focus is doing because it's working. Mm -hmm. Like, and there, there are things, it's a model that aligned with, with the disposition and the heart of a disciple, like works really well, but the model of focus could still be, could just be a lifeless, like (laughs) programmed model if it doesn't have that. And I'm confident that leadership and focus knows that. Um, but I think it's a, there's a, there's a tandem reality of like, there's a lot of different strategies and work that are, are becoming kind of the normative. And that's just because of where our culture is. And so they respond differently. High schoolers don't respond well in a classroom setting as they did before. Um, and a lot of, if, if I'm honest, a lot of it just comes back to like the dynamics of family and community and friendship and things like Mm -hmm. that, where we just we used to have a greater respect and love to sit in a classroom to learn about the faith. Um, and we've just lost that. And that's because it's not as integrated in all the other realities. And so high schoolers are less inclined to want to sit and learn because there's not as much inspiration or support in their life to do so. Um, but also schools are getting more and more busy and chaotic. Like it's, I don't think it used to be as big of a deal to go to a religious ed class after a full day of school. Like now it's really, really hard. And especially like on Wednesday nights, other things are getting scheduled like school activities too. So there's not even that opportunity. So I I definitely think the strategies and and work changes. um, And it's just in response to what the needs are and where the people are at. Um, But again, the, the mission and the actual deeper spirituality of what's happening hasn't, has never changed. (laughs) 
Well, what would you say some of those needs are um, for evangelization in today's culture? I, I mean, connectedness is absolutely one of the biggest. Like mm-hmm. the, as I've watched, like groups of people come throughout the work that I've done, when they have support, community, friendship, like e- even like I could look at the successes when I look at people who've went through my programs and been a part of my ministry, like that have done really well. Mm-hmm. I would say. M- most, if not, like, I would say nearly all of them have supportive families as well, mm. right? It's like, it's not, it's not me. Like, it's a whole community in the church coming together to, like, help support this work and in individuals. And so it just makes it easier for that ministry to happen. So I just become a partner with the parents who want that support and need another third person kind of to help them. Mm. So I, I think those are, just having that connectedness in the community is, is vital, that they're not just programs that's we put people in and out of, but that right. it's a relationship and we put on programs essentially to spend time with each other <laughs> to continue the journey together. So the goal is relationship yes. in Christ. Yeah. All right. Well, we have another break and after the break, we have another 15 minutes with Eric. So stay tuned. You're listening to real presence live. This is real presence live where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news. That is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Radio is available on Alexa-enabled devices, including Amazon Echo, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To enable the skill, just say, Alexa, enable Real Presence Radio. To listen, say something like, Alexa, open Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play. To which you can respond, play Sioux Falls, or play AM 970, or play WWEN. From there, you can use commands like play, pause, and stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere on Alexa-enabled devices. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. 
And thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I'm your host, Teresa Curley, and I've been chatting with Eric Gallagher about evangelization and ministry. So we've, over the course of, I don't know, the past 45 minutes, we've kind of painted a big picture of what ministry and discipleship looks like and um, some of the needs. But now, kind of in this final segment, practically speaking, how can we go about fulfilling those needs? What are some methods or some tools that you would recommend? Yeah, for me, I think the it's always good, again, to, to view it in light of a relationship. Um, if In my marriage, if someone wanted to understand, like, well, being engaged is a weird time in your life, right? So we could look at it and say, well, I could share with you my experience of our engagement, some of the struggles, and many would probably be very similar and things like that. Well, and I would love to hear from a couple that's been married for 50 years and like, what does it look like now? Like, what, what would you strive for? What would you do differently? The relationship with the Lord is similar where there's these, kind of this pathway and this, this understanding that like, it starts at one point and it grows to a certain point and we we want to be we want to have a really good healthy holy relationship but it takes some time and discipleship is really if if we really look at discipleship we want it to be um a committed lifelong relationship we want to dr- literally drop our nets and follow Jesus wherever he goes and let him do with us whatever he wants um but so many people are not there. In fact, I would think even, even some of the statistics would help us see that, like, even people we typically think are there, <laughs> like, many of them are likely not there. Like, even though they're very involved, the people who are most involved in your parishes might not actually be disciples. Mm. So to understand how that works and to understand, like, because then it allows you to help and understand where people are at. Um, and so that probably the most, like, common resource the the best like most well-informed resource out there has come from the Catherine of Siena Institute and they Sherry Waddell wrote a book called Form Intentional Disciples mm. um, and there's stuff all over online with what they do and um, I'm sure she took a lot of it from other places and it's it's but it's, it's very common to understand like there's there's these thresholds that lead into discipleship so when you're talking to your friend um and and faith becomes a topic of discussion where do you start like can you can you just start teaching truths and proclaiming things that you know that you learned about the faith is it helpful to share with them a video on youtube mm. or is that going to rub them in the wrong way so for me it was really helpful to under to grow and understand these thresholds because then it gives you a patience of like i'm not I'm not just going to start throwing darts and hoping something sticks. I'm going to get to know a person and where they're at in their relationship. And you might be sending YouTube videos to someone who's been so hurt by the church that they don't want anything to do with it. And you just, you're just proving to them that you don't care and that you don't know them, but you get to know them and they start to share their hearts of like, well, I had this, this thing happen with this priest and, and they, it's made me mad. And my friend was hurt by the church or whatever. And, and they start sharing those things with you, and what you've done in that relationship is you've you've established a, at least a little bit of trust between you and them, mm. and all, and that becomes kind of a bridge to a deeper conversation that someone who's just again shouting on Facebook about things can't do. So practically speaking, I think it's 
it's good to just get to know people and to, like we talked about earlier, to not necessarily have that agenda, but just to start by getting to know them. Um, and then you'll see the Lord work by just giving opportunities to lead them throughout that path. But that book, Four Potential Disciples, really kind of lays out um, where and how people are at and how what they need mm-hmm. at those various stages. Uh, and that's that was really helpful for me because, like I said before, I don't... I'm really good with certain people at different thresholds. And so as I offer myself to the church, the goal isn't necessarily always to like take someone who doesn't like the church, evangelize them, and then walk with them forever until they're like a saint in heaven. Um, but if you're volunteering for your parish, it, it might be helpful to say, well, my gift is hospitality. Okay, well, that's actually the first thing that people need in order to find this relationship to build, like to be brought in and to start to trust the people around them. So the book really gives a lot of those practical things. There's also, I think, there's so many resources. We are just we have resources for anything, and I think if you call your your parish priest or your religious education person or even someone at the diocese, they usually have a good understanding of those resources that are out there. And so if you're like, I have a group of friends and I just want to like get them together once a week for coffee. Mm-hmm. Is there something that's like light that's not going to like get us into too deep? We're not ready for that yet. Um, there's so many different types of things that could be offered and it, it's all out there. Like there's, I, it's hard to believe that there's any resource in that light that just kind of, that isn't like that won't help do something. Okay. And I just think finding those things would be really helpful. So I, a lot of times it's, it's so simple. And I think for me, it's who are the people that God is calling you to be with you? You, you know, the people that aren't, you see them and something's different in your heart when you look at them to start being really attentive to those promptings and not being afraid to take, take action on them and just say, why don't, why don't we get to, together for coffee this next week? And that's where things start is so many of I, my discipleship relationships were, could we get coffee this week? And then you get coffee and you want to talk again. And eventually um, I've had situations where they've said like, I'm, would you be willing to meet with me every month? Yeah. Yes, I'd love to. Um, and maybe there's several people that are kind of in that realm and you, all of you want to get together and it's helpful. And then you don't have to feel the burden of having to be there and two or three or four of you could get together all the time and do something. I just think it's so simple. And I think probably one of the greatest issues that we have is people just expect the church to do those things. Mm-hmm. We're just going to wait for the church to do their Advent program and then I'll just go to that. And right. then that's when people get together it is so much more valuable when it's an authentic, like relational outreach to a friend and it's done out of love and out of inspiration of the spirit working in your heart. And that's going to be far more effective than the parish setting up chairs in a video <laughs> and, right. and doing this. And those things are good. It, it's just, they're different things. Yeah. And would you say that everybody has responsibility to that? Or is it just for people who have given their lives del- deliberately chosen an active life of ministry? Yeah, I think, I've I've argued with a lot of people about the um, the church exists to evangelize, um, uh-huh. right? From Vatican II, and right. it doesn't say every every person needs to bare hand go out and tell people about Jesus. But we as a church need to work together um, to help people come to know the Lord. And there are people who, in that, are called to bring cookies, <laughs> right? That's right. a really really helpful part. Now, we are all called to, just like I said with everything evangelization, to fall in love with the Lord mm-hmm. and to live our life. Someone who makes cookies 
and is in love with Jesus will evangelize <laughs> differently and better. It maybe like, well, compared to a person who just makes cookies and is trying to do the right thing. Um, they're just very different things. So I think everyone has that responsibility to fall in love with the Lord and to be present in the world and to those around them and to listen attentively to the Lord's call every single day. But as far as like, yeah, organizing and leading something, that's mm-hmm. that's not necessarily a unique call, but it's definitely, it's a needed call, but I think we all need to be open to that. Um, and I would bet there's more people than not that are capable and desirous, but just aren't, are a little afraid to take that step. And I think that's the key is like, yes, just call the person and ask them to go, go to coffee with you. Mm. (laughs) Like that's not, it's not that big of a deal, but it feels like a big deal because the evil one, like if you do that, the evil one wants everything but for you to do that. (laughs) So don't like, he's telling you not to, because he knows that if you start actually listening to the spirit working in your heart, and responding, mm-hmm. look out, and and that's that's why it's, it seems like such a big. It seems so s- silly. Yeah. <laughs> like why can't why not just go to coffee? Like well maybe they don't like me or maybe like maybe they'll. If they wanted to hang out, yes. they would call me. <laughs> but it, when yeah. people start doing what I've learned, when people start doing that and saying yes to those little impulses that they have, those mm-hmm. little inspirations, they realize the person that they reach out to has like been looking for that just as long as they like God put it on both their hearts Mm -hmm. and it becomes this moment where you're like, okay, I want more of that. Mm -hmm. Like God, you're clearly working in this because it's not just coffee. It's, it's God working in your life and he wants to do something and he's asking you to say yes. And if, if people just started being a little bit more open and more bold in responding to those things, the work of evangelization would increase in the Mm -hmm. church. Well, Eric, we just have a minute before the hard break. Um, but for people who are listening and they're like, okay, like the Lord is prompting my heart to do something, but I'm terrified. You make it sound so easy, but it's not. I'm terrified. I'm an intruder. I don't want to talk to people. What words of encouragement would you offer them? Yeah, I would I would encourage them to begin um, sharing, sharing their desires with other people, mm-hmm. um, whether it be other people, especially people they trust in the church. Um, I've worked in the church a long time. I know there are frustrating, frustrating leaders in the church you could go to and talk to, and they aren't going to be, they're not going to really know what to do with you <laughs> because it's yeah. not common that people come and be like, Hey, I want to like give myself to the Lord, but I don't want to be a religious ed teacher. Like, right. well, that's, that's the only option we have. Right. Um, so I think be open to that start. Um, there's a lot of stuff online that you can find as far as articles and just searching like Catholic evangelization stuff. You're going to find there's so much good stuff out there. Mm. Um, and then probably the biggest thing would start be to start reading. I would recommend like any of the Ignatius stuff by Father Gallagher, St. Francis de Sales, um, and just simple things like um, the interior freedom, like Jacques Philippe type mm-hmm. authors as well. Just read some good books that will help lead you in that disposition to humble yourself and be taken up by God. Humility. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for visiting with us today. It's been such a joy. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, stay with us over the break. We're going to get live updates from the Bishop's Cup in Sioux Falls. So stay tuned. Stay tuned.